Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Old Testament. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll be using for the text the Joseph Smith translation of the Old Testament, along with many commentaries from general authorities of the Church, BYU professors, Bible scholars, and others. This format will be very detailed, and so if you want a deep analysis of the Old Testament, you come to the right place. Thanks for your attendance. Hi there, welcome back. This will be for Daniel chapter 7. Daniel sees four beasts representing the kingdoms of men. He sees the Ancient of Days, Adam, to whom the Son of Man, or Christ, shall come. The kingdom shall be given to the saints forever. Daniel chapter 7 to 12 can be treated only in the broadest of outlines. The reason no detailed commentary can be given for the whole section is that the full understanding of the book has been sealed up. Daniel was told expressly that he was to shut up the words and seal the book even in the time of the end. In other words, it was deliberately preserved in such a way that its meaning could not be fully known. Further, some of the information contained in his dreams would be kept even from him. That was by Richard Draper. So sometimes we have people that try to do an interpretation of this chapter, and apparently it sounds like that uh, we, we may not be able to understand it. Verse 1, In the first year of Belshazzar, king of Babylon, Daniel had a dream and vision visions of his head upon his bed. Then he wrote the dream and told the sum to the mat of the matters. Daniel spake and said, I saw in my vision by night, and behold, the four winds of the heaven strove upon the great sea, and four great beasts came up from the sea, diverse one from another. Like chapter 2, chapter 7 gives a pictorial representation of history. There are four successive empires, and then the kingdom of God is established. Chapter 7, however, seems to relate more to the establishment of the ecclesiastical aspects of the kingdom, whereas chapter 2 deals more with the political aspects of the kingdom of God. Like the prophet, or the prophet Joseph Smith taught the following about Daniel's vision of the beasts. You there, you there see that the beasts are spoken of to represent the kingdoms of the world, the inhabitants whereof were beastly and abominable characters. They were murderers, corrupt, carnivorous, and brutal in their dispositions. The lion, the bear, the leopard, and the ten-horned beast represented the kingdoms of the world, says Daniel. The prophets do not declare that they saw a beast or beasts, but that they saw the image or figure of a beast. Daniel did not see an actual bear or a lion, but the images or figures of those beasts. The translation should have been rendered image instead of beast. In every instance where beasts are mentioned by the prophets, when the prophets speak of seeing beasts in their visions, they mean that they saw the images, they being types to represent certain things. At the same time, they received the interpretation as to what those images or types were designated to represent. Remember also Joseph said that if you don't understand, or if you have a vision and you see images like this and you don't understand it, that God is responsible to tell you the interpretation. If he doesn't, then you're not responsible to follow or to understand what's being done here. Verse 4, the first was like a lion and had eagle's wings. I beheld till the wings thereof were plucked and it was lifted up from the earth and made, made stand upon the feet as a man and a man's heart was given to it. As mentioned in chapter or in Daniel 7 verse 17 the four beasts represented four kings or kingdoms which shall rise out of the earth the first which was like a lion with eagle's wings represented the Babylonian kingdom under Nebuchadnezzar 
The lion and eagle are both supreme among beasts of their class. The head of gold in the dream of chapter 2 can be similarly compared. What the gold is among metals and the head among the members of the body that the lion is among beasts and the eagle among birds. That was by Kiel and Delich. The plucking of feathers seems to have represented a deprivation of power to fly or the power to dominate and conquer. The change that gave it a man's heart is evidently a reference to the humanizing effect of Nebuchadnezzar's madness. The second beast represented the Median Persian Empire, as did the beast, or as did the breast and arms of silver in the image of chapter two. The bear was considered next to the lion as the strongest among animals by the people of the ancient Middle East. The raising up on one side could represent the raising of the forefeet of the bear standing on its hind feet as when it goes after prey. The Medo-Persian bear, as such, has two sides. The one, the median side, is at rest after the efforts made for the erection of the world government, but the other, the Persian side, raises itself up and then becomes not only higher than the first, but also is prepared for the new new rapine, in other words, new destruction. That was by Kiel and Delich. The, the ribs held between the bear's teeth and its devouring much flesh, signify the ferocity with which its dominion would be exerted. The third kingdom corresponded to the Greek empire of Alexander the Great. Wings signify power to move and extend influence. Heads signify governing power or the seat of government. The Grecian kingdom was extended greatly under Alexander and had power over much of the earth. The fourth beast was not likened to an animal. It was, however, very strong and dreadful and broke into pieces the remains of the former kingdoms. It represented the Roman Empire and the forces of evil that were manifest through that empire. The ten horns are the kingdoms into which the Roman Empire was afterwards divided. They are similar to the ten toes of the great image described in Daniel chapter 2. Though each of these beasts may be said to represent the worldly kingdoms mentioned, the representation probably was not just of their political dominion, but also of the evils upheld and perpetuated upon the world by their rule. The vision should not be thought of as wholly political, either particularly in view of the little horn. This symbol cannot be positively identified with any specific individual or kingdom of the world, but seems to be similar to the beast rising out of the sea that John saw in Revelation chapter 13, which also made war with the saints, as did this form. The little horn represented a notable antichrist power that was to be raised up after the time of the Roman Empire, and it was to be different from the other ten kingdoms mentioned after the Roman kingdom. Daniel said that this horn would have power to make war with and hinder the saints until the time of Christ's second coming. Concerning this great evil power and the beast from which it, it arose, Sidney, per Sidney Sperry said, May I suggest that the last beast which Daniel saw, which was so terrible and which had a mouth speaking great things, is none other than the great and abominable church of, of our modern scriptures. Let me make my point clear. Keep in mind that Daniel saw that the beast was slain and its body destroyed, and it was given to be burned with fire. In a revelation to the prophet Joseph Smith concerning the destructive forces to be unleashed prior to the second advent, the Lord explains this evil power is doubtless the same one spoken of in the 29th section of the Doctrine and Covenants and testified to by Ezekiel the prophet. Compare Ezekiel 38. The Book of Mormon also speaks at length concerning this evil force in the world 
world that shall meet destruction. Notice a few of the words of Nephi in 1 Nephi 22. May I emphasize that even if the great and abominable church is correctly identified as the power which is represented by Daniel's great beast, we do not at present fully comprehend the ramifications of it or the range of dominion it will have it will have prior to its destruction. I wonder if that has reference to the maybe the world the world government that's going to happen um, before the second coming. Anyway, just just wondering. Verse five, and behold, another beast, a second like unto like to a bear, and it raised up itself on one side, and it had three ribs in it, in the mouth of it between the teeth of it, and they said thus unto it, Arise, devour much flesh. After this, I beheld and lo, another like a leopard, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. The beast had also four heads, and dominion was given to it. After this, I saw in the night visions, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible, and strong exceedingly, and it had great iron teeth. It devoured and brake in pieces and stamped the residue with the feet of it, and it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it, and it had ten horns. I considered the horns, and behold, there came up among them another little horn, before whom there there were three of the first horns plucked up by the roots. And behold, in this horn were eyes like the eyes of a man, and and the mouth speaking great things. And I beheld till the thrones were cast down, or set up, and the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and the hair of his head like the pure pure wool, his throne was like the fiery flame and his wheels as burning fire. So this refers to Adam, and I'll read about that here in a second. Daniel's vision continued until he saw thrones cast down, that is, until the worldly governments lost their dominion. He then saw the establishment of the kingdom of heaven with Christ at its head. This kingdom would rule all people, nations, and languages. Latter-day Revelation teaches that eventually all worldly kingdoms will come to an end in preparation for the millennial Zion. This seems to be what Daniel saw. In an address to the twelve apostles, the prophet Joseph Smith explained the name Ancient of Days, uh, Daniel, in his seventh chapter, speaks of the Ancient of Days. He means the oldest man, our father Adam, Michael. He will call his children together and hold a council with them to prepare them for the coming of the Son of Man. He, Adam, is the father of the human family and presides over the spirits of all men. And all that have had the keys must stand before him in this grand council. This man take this may take place before some of us leave this stage of action. The Son of Man stands before him, and there is given him glory and dominion. Adam delivers up his stewardship to Christ, that which was delivered to him as holding the keys of the universe, but retains his standing as head of the human family. Uh, verse 10, a fiery stream issued and came forth from before him, thousand thousands ministered unto him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him, and the judgment was set, and the books were opened. So this is a large meeting. There's lots of people there, millions of people attending. And I beheld, this is the meeting at Adam on Diamond, I should mention. Verse 11, I beheld then, because of the voice of the great words which the horn spake, I beheld even till the the beast was slain and his body destroyed and given to the burning flame. As concerning the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away, yet their lives were prolonged for a season and time. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and and they brought him near before him. So this is Jesus appearing at the meeting at Adam on Diamond with Adam. And there was given him dominion and glory in a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed. 
Joseph Fielding Smith explained the teachings of Daniel about the great priesthood gathering to be held at Adam and Diamon. Daniel speaks of the coming of Christ, and that day is near at hand. There will be a great gathering in the valley of Adam and Diamon. There will be a great council held. The Ancient of Days, who is Adam, will sit. The judgment, not the final judgment, will be held, where the righteous who have held keys will make their reports and deliver up their keys in ministry. Christ will come, and Adam will make his report. At this council, Christ will be received and acknowledged as the rightful ruler of the earth. Satan will be replaced. Following this event, every government in the world will have will have to become part of the gov- government of God. Then righteous rule will be established, the earth will be cleansed, the wicked will be destroyed, and the, and the reign of peace will be ushered in. So this is an event that will happen before the final second coming of Jesus when the earth is destroyed or burned, uh, so that Jesus will be sustained in that sacrament meeting as King of King and Lord of Lords. Verse 15, I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit in the midst of my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. I came near unto one of them that stood by and asked him the truth of all this. So he told me and made me know the interpretation of the things. These great beasts, which are four, are four kings or kingdoms, which shall arise out of the earth. But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdoms and possess the kingdoms forever, even forever and ever. Daniel Wells indicated what the saints must do to receive the kingdom. I have often been asked the question, when will the kingdom be given into the hands of the saints of the Most High God? And I have always answered it the same, this way, just so soon as the Lord finds that he has a people upon the earth who will uphold and sustain that kingdom, who shall be found capable of maintaining its interests and of extending its influence upon the earth. When he finds that he has such a people, a people who will stand firm and faithful to him, a people that will not turn it over into the lap of the devil, then and not until then will he give the kingdom into the hands of the saints of the Most High in its power and influence when it shall fill the whole earth. It depends in a great measure upon the people themselves as to how soon the kingdom spoken of by Daniel shall be given into the hands of the saints of God. When we shall prove ourselves faithful in every emergency that may arise and capable to contend and grapple with every difficulty that threatens our peace and welfare and to overturn every obstacle or overcome every obstacle and grapple with every difficulty, Oh, I said that. And to overcome every obstacle that may may tend to impede the progress of the church and kingdom of God upon the earth, then our Heavenly Father will have confidence in us, and then he will be able to trust us. Verse 19, Then I would know the truth of the fourth beast, which was diverse from all the others, exceeding dreadful, whose teeth were of iron, and his nails of brass, which devoured, break in pieces, and stamped the residue with his feet. And of the ten horns that were in his hand, in his head, and of the other that which came up, before whom three fell, even of that horn that had eyes and a mouth that spake very great things, whose look was more stout than his fellows. I beheld in the same horn made war with the, with the saints and prevailed against them, until the Ancient of Days came and judgment was given to the saints of the Most High, and the time came that the saints possessed the kingdom. Thus he said, The fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms, and shall devour the whole earth, and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. And the ten horns out of this kingdom are ten kings that shall arise, and another shall rise after them, and he shall be diverse from the first, and he shall subdue three kings, and he shall speak great words against the Most High, and shall wear out the saints of the Most High, and think to change times and laws, and they shall be given into his hand until a time and times and the dividing of time. But the judgment shall sit, 
and they shall take away his dominion to consume and to destroy it unto the end. When it mentions time and times and and the, the dividing of time, a lot of people have interpreted that to mean a time, meaning a year, times meaning two years, and half a time. In other words, three and a half years that this will this will go on. Um, not sure that that's what it means, but that's what they're, that's what some people believe. Verse 27, And the kingdom and dominion and the greatness of the kingdom under the whole heaven shall be given to the people of the saints of the Most High, whose kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and all dominions shall serve and obey him. Daniel understood that until this event occurs, the saints would be subject to the harassment of the world, but this great council would mark the beginning of their triumph over it. It would also mark Jehovah's personal direction of matters concerning this earth and particularly the preparation for his own millennial kingdom. That was by Richard Draper. Verse 28, Hitherto is the end of the matter. As for me, Daniel, my cogitations or thoughts much troubled me, and my countenance changed in me, but I kept the matter in my heart. In other words, he keeps this a secret. Anyway, that's the end of Daniel 7, and we'll see you next time. Bye.